0: Oh, uh, that gets you excited, don't it? Like, oh, that gets me excited. And of course, the hottest takes. I think I used to have this saying: if you don't like the series, you'll like football. Over. Well, like- say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise <laughs> the Steelers. Okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. What's going on, everyone? My name is Jake Murren, and I'm joined by Alex Henry. Hello, everyone. We are here today to hand out some awards and preview the first UFC pay-per-view of 2022. UFC 270, headlined by two exciting title bouts, including the trilogy between flyweight champion Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueroa, and a heavyweight clash between champion Francis Naganu and interim champ Cyril Gunn. But first, it's time to hand out three awards. We're a bit late on giving out some 2021 UFC rewards. But better late than never, so we're going to give out three main awards, and we'll start with 2021 Fight of the Year. Many candidates this year. We had a bunch of fun and entertaining fights, both technically skilled and just bangers of fights. Alex, I'll go to you first. What is your 2021 Fight of the Year?
1: You know, I love uh, TJ Dillashaw versus uh, Corey Sanhagen, just because I'm a huge TJ Dillashaw fan. but that, I mean, my fight of the year, it's going to be Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Uh, that fight was just so, so entertaining to watch. Uh, those two guys just go out and try to kill each other. I mean, it was a great fight. So,
0: first off, I don't think TJ Dillashaw won that fight. The first fight you mentioned, I think Sanhagen got got a little screwed by the judges, I'm not going to lie. But plus, I'm a huge Sandhagen fan myself.
1: Okay, so yeah, the first, the, well, my first watch uh, when I watched it live, I I scored at Corey. Um, watching it back, I do think T.J. Dillashaw oh, did man. win.
0: I will say it showed his toughness because in like the first round, I believe he snapped his knee or something like that. Yeah. And and it was it was in some weird wrestling exchange, and then he went through four more rounds against Corey Sandhagen and was able to get the judges' nod. So. Props to DJ Dillashaw, but I really thought 2021 fight of the year was between two candidates. You picked one with uh, Justin Gaethje versus uh, Michael Chandler. The other one, which was my 2021 fight of the year, was Alexander Volkanovsky versus Mm -hmm. Brian Ortega. It went down September 25th. It was the featherweight championship match, and it was round three, perhaps the greatest round in MMA and UFC history. Volkanovski doing amazing kind of crushing Ortega in the fight. He landed two hundred and fourteen Significant strikes at a sixty point six percent accuracy But Ortega pulls out a guillotine and a triangle choke in the same round It was very entertaining that third round is something that I've never seen before and it got me out of my seat I'm a big Ortega fan. I watched the um, ultimate fighter and with Ortega I literally jumped out of my seat and was like, tap, tap, right. Volkanovski, tap, tap. And then he didn't, got out of it. I was shocked. That was my 2021 Fight of the Year Volkanovski v. Ortega. But I was between that fight and Gaethje Chandler, which was just in crazy. I was off my, my seat in that fight as well. Those are our 2021 Fight of the Years. But let's move on to 2021 Female Fight of the Year. Some good contenders in this one, obviously you have Juliana Pena who upset the GOAT Amanda Nunez, but also we have the Valentina Shevchenko who has just been dominant these past couple of years. Probably between those two, but I'd like to see who you picked for this category, Alex.
1: Yeah, I'm going to pick Juliana Pena. Uh, even, you know, in uh, Poirier versus McGregor, I think it was uh, UFC 257. She fought Sarah McMahon. That was a, a really good fight by her. And then, I'm going to be honest, I did not have her beating Amanda Nunes. Uh, I don't think anybody did.
0: I don't know a single person that had her winning <laughs> yeah, that fight. I,
1: I no. don't think anybody had her beating uh, Amanda Nunes. And, you know, I, I even remember watching that fight thinking Amanda Nunes was taking her. And, you know, she was just getting in some good shots. And then uh, she just came out of nowhere. And, I mean, the strike she was landing and just... That whole finish of that fight was a great fight, so I'm gonna go Juliana Pena.
0: I also had the Venezuelan vixen Juliana Pena for my female fighter of the year. Just she beat Amanda Nunez at her own game, which yeah. was really impressive to me. Pena is a submission artist, and she's really good at wrestling as well, and she almost lost that wrestling exchange in the first round to, to Amanda Nunez. Comes out in round two, firing on all cylinders, outstriking the GOAT, tiring out the GOAT, and eventually submitting her to become the UFC champion. And people do forget about her win last January on that Poirier-McGregor card. It was UFC 257, like you said, against Sarah McMahon. Very impressive submission win there, too. So it wasn't just the one win in 2021, but it was two wins. She pushed Amanda Nunez to her limits, made her look like an inferior striker. And I can't wait for Pena and Nunez, too. Hopefully, that fight is just as good as the first one. Juliana Pena, the Venezuelan Vixen, our Female Fighter of the Year. We'll move on to 2021 Male Fighter of the Year. A couple different categories or fighters to consider here for Fighter of the Year. Um, I mainly went with Kamaru Uzman, um, the Nigerian Nightmare. He went 3-0 in title defenses in 2021, broke many records, knocked out Gilbert Burns and Jorge Vidal, and got the decision win against rival Colby Covington, but I'm interested in seeing what you picked. Go ahead, Alex.
1: Yeah, I'm also gonna go with the Nigerian Nightmare. I mean, this guy is a main event fighter, pay-per-view fighter, uh, 20 wins, one loss on his career. And he, he's so impressive. I, uh, I think the first fight I watched of him was Tyron Woodley. And ever since then, I've thought, man, this guy's got it. And I, I think it's a pretty clear case Uh, for Usman, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with him for fighter of the year.
0: He was just so dominant in all of his fights this year. I mean, the Colby Covington fight got close here and there, but he was really controlled most of those five rounds. He broke so many records this year. He's on track to catch GSP for greatest welterweight of all time. Not saying that he is right now, but he certainly could be in that uh, conversation by the time his career is over. Uh, Also a quick shout out to Charles Oliveira. I know a lot of people gave him the nod for male fighter of the year as well. Certainly deserved, got that win over Michael Chandler and of course Dustin Poirier to finish off the year. But Kamaru Usman, your WZIP Sports, male fighter of the year. So that's our mini little award show. Hopefully everybody enjoyed that. Uh, I know we were a little late to it, but I thought it'd be fun just to give out those three quick awards as we go into the UFC 270 preview. Um, only four fights are official for the main card. Unfortunately, heavyweight Greg Hardy had to pull out of his fight due to an injury. I think it was a finger injury. No word on cancel cancellation or uh, moving that fight elsewhere or getting a replacement. So we're only rolling with four fights here for the UFC 270 main card. And we kick it off with a bantamweight fight between Cody Stammen and Saeed Nurmagomedov, Nurmagomedov, his last fight was a KO win in October, whereas Stammen has lost two straights. How do you like this one in bantamweight?
1: Yeah, I want to say first UFC 270. It's going to be a fun, uh, just a fun fight night overall. Uh, even on the undercard, they got Elia Tupuria versus uh, Charles Jourdain, and that's going to be just a great fight. That could be a main event fight in itself. But, yeah, talking about Cody uh, Stamen versus uh, Sad Medov, hard name to pronounce. Uh, this is a tough fight for me to call. Uh, Cody Stamen is a well-rounded wrestler. He wrestled all the way uh, to college, and I believe he started uh, boxing at 16 years old. So he's got that uh, boxer wrestling background, and I do, I do love that. Looking at Nurmagomedov, he's got great striking, good volume, uh, good strike defense, and his spinning attacks. I mean, those are are awesome to watch. Uh, I, there's also a five and a half inch reach and height advantage, so it's there, that's definitely there. This is a hard fight to call. I don't know. What are you thinking?
0: I like Said Nurmagomedov. First off, when I saw this fight, I didn't recognize either name, unfortunately. But Saeed Nurmagomedov, I saw that last name and I thought, okay, he's a wrestler. Because right. Habib, you know, I thought he was a wrestler. And then I see his grappling offense. He's like one for 12 in the UFC with takedowns. He's the very opposite of a wrestler. Like you said, he uses a spinning attacks and kicks. He has sharp striking. He's three and one in the UFC, but he's very inexperienced, I'd say. And he hasn't fought since October. A bit of a concern there. Stammen, I don't like that he's been on a two fight losing streak even though his last loss was a decision loss to Merabh Willie, Mirab is a great fighter in and of itself, um, but Stammon does have six wins by KO and 11 wins by decision in his career. Personally though, i take Saeed Nurmagomedov to win this fight. I think Stammon might push Saeed up against the fence a lot in this fight, try and grapple him, but I think Saeed can get the fights on his feet in most of the rounds. And uh, steal at least two of the three rounds, I'd take Saeed by decision in the first fight.
1: Yeah, this is going to be my sleeper pick. Uh, a lot of people a lot of people have Saeed Nurmagomedov. Uh, I'm going to go with Cody on this one. And uh, he's definitely the underdog, but he has no problem getting in your face, throwing a bunch of strikes um, before getting takedowns. And I think takedowns is going to be his key to win. Uh, I did watch some of his past fights. And he he's good at getting takedowns. He averages about three takedowns a fight. He's, he struggles at keeping his opponents on the ground. Um, only he, 11% of the time, I think he controls his opponents on the ground. So um, that's not really good. But I do think that he wears uh, Saheed so down. And, I, you know, Cody's a tough guy, like I said. He'll get in your face. Uh, he's a boxer. And uh, I love wrestlers. So I they're both great wrestlers. This is gonna be a tough fight. I'm gonna go Cody statement by decision though.
0: Yeah, I don't hate the pick. And I think we both see this fight going the same way. Like if Cody wins, it's gonna be primarily wrestling and taking Saeed down to the ground, down to the mat. Whereas Saeed, he needs to keep this fight on the feet, um and use those spinning attacks, kicks, that versatile striking to score some points and maybe even not get a knockout. Um but like I said I take Saeed by decision you take Cody by a decision I like the disagreement to start off the <laughs> start off the predictions here we'll go to fight number 204 we have a welterweight matchup between Michelle Pereira and Andre Fijalio. Fijalio, this is a late notice UFC debut for him he is 14 and 3 he had a 4-0 oh, um in 2021 he was 4-0 oh in 2021 with 4 KOs he has great power I'm a little worried about his experience though Pereira he's on a three fight winning streak has really calmed down with his wild striking approach he, and he's it's benefiting him well he's twenty six and eleven has so much so much experience. How do you like the second fight of the main card
1: yeah Andre, he's a beast uh he's jacked, he throws bombs he likes to finish. I don't think this is the fight for him uh, I mean, like I said, I think he's a good striker uh, he has nice Uh, double hits uh, and a lot of heavy leg kicks solid takedowns he's a good fighter and I think his UFC career is going to go very far Um, however I don't like his cardio Uh, I don't think he always looks like he's in the best of shape in his fights that I've seen Uh, whereas Pierre he is uh, he's crazy if you've ever got to see in any of his fights he is crazy a lot of people are saying he, he needs to stay calm to win this fight. I don't think so. I think he uh he comes out hard, comes out striking. I say he takes his fight by decision. I think these are both two very tough competitors. Uh, I know Andre has a very strong chin. He could take a lot of punches, but it's just him being really slow and um Pierre he's fast. he's I wouldn't say fast, he's very athletic though yeah, and I think his athleticism is going to help him win this fight. I think it's gonna be a very fun fight to watch.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I also have Pereira, but I think he's gonna get a knockout win, and I'm gonna say in round three. Like you said, Andre, I worry about his durability, especially in a late notice fight. Also, like we've seen that great power out of Andre Fialio, Um and I th- really hope that Pereira doesn't underestimate that power, or else he'll be in trouble in round one and two especially. I wouldn't be surprised if Fialio Gets a knockout win in rounds one or two, but I'm going to go with Pereira via KO in round three. He just mixes in grappling well with his abundance of striking offense. Like you said, he's a crazy and wild fighter, but he's looked more controlled recently. Yeah, yeah. And that's been very beneficial to him. Um, I know he lost a fight recently where he went crazy in the first round and then completely gassed out in the second and third right. and lost by decision. Um, looking more controlled, more disciplined, and it's going to go a long way for Michelle Pereira. I too have him winning, and we both have Michelle Pereira winning in fight number two of the night. And now we go to the co main event of Saturday night's pay per view the trilogy between flyweight Brandon Moreno, the current champion, versus Davison Figueredo. As I said, it was a trilogy fight, Moreno beat Figueredo at UFC 263 in June to win the belt. He has three wins by KO and 11 wins by sub. And Figueroa has nine wins by KO and eight wins by sub. He stalks his opponents and has the power to finish fights. How do you like this trilogy fight playing out on Saturday?
1: I'm very, very, very excited to watch this fight. It's a super tough fight to call. Uh, I actually came up with my decision for this fight this morning. Uh, and we were supposed to shoot this podcast earlier in the week, but there was a lot of snow in Ohio, uh, so we weren't able to get in, and I didn't even have my decision then, but this is this is a tough fight to call. In that first fight, uh, talking about Figgy here, he, he, was laying, he, landed, or he threw about 55 punches in the first round uh, compared to his second fight where he only had 13 significant strikes in the first round. First fight in the second round, he had 57 uh, Whereas in the second fight, he had 15. And I think that all just comes out to say that uh, Figgy in that second fight was maybe something with his weight cut, as a lot of people have talked about. Uh, but he was not there. It wasn't the same fighter that we've seen from him. Whereas Brandon Moreno, was he was ready. And that win uh, in their second match was awesome. It was such an uh, emotional night for him winning. Moreno has a height and a reach advantage. He's got a good chin. He wins most of the wrestling scrambles. I just think he's an overall good fighter, but I don't know. I, I really want to see the weigh-ins on this fight. I think I'm going to take Moreno. Uh, he's confident. He's humble. He plays with Legos, and yeah, yeah that's cool. And I just see him toughing, toughing it out, finding a way to win, probably by decision. But this is a hard fight. I mean, if you've been looking at Figgy's Instagram or just keeping up with him, uh he, he is he's looking ripped. he's looking good. yeah. and if his cardio is there in this fight, I do think he is a better striker. that could that could be it, but I don't know. I uh I think they both have enough to last the whole fight, uh, even if he is out of shape. but yeah, I'm gonna go Moreno on this one. I'm curious to see what you got to say.
0: So, I also have Brandon Moreno winning this fight. Um, I don't have, like, a via decision or KO or sub, um, but my biggest thing is, like, you have to track all three fights in this. So, fight one, it was it went to a draw. Um, Davison kept his belt, and then they had that rematch in June at UFC 263 that saw Moreno um, beat Figueroa pretty good, actually. Um, but in that first fight, so, Davison's biggest attribute, I'd say, To him is his power and his striking. Yeah. In that first fight, Brandon Moreno took shots and he was very vulnerable to those shots by Davison, but he persevered through them. He's felt that power. And that's what I think is most important here. He's already felt Davison's strongest attribute to him. He has felt the power, he has felt the striking, and he has studied that striking for now two years as this trilogy has played out for. So. With that, I think Moreno is going to come in with an advantage. He's also very versatile. He's been training with Canelo Alvarez. Definitely shows why his striking has gotten so good. Um, I think he might even outstrike Davison in this third fight. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. And the biggest thing I'm concerned with is that weight cut for Davison. He's 34 years old. He's cutting down to flyweight. I don't think it's a great decision. Honestly, if I was the UFC, I wouldn't even— wouldn't have even booked this trilogy fight, and for Davison, I would advise him to move up a weight class if he still wanted to fight. We saw the cut down to flyweight for Cody Garbrandt, and we saw what that did not only to his power but to his chin in that fight to Kai Kara France. I can see the same thing happen happening here to Davison. I think that weight cut might be too much to handle, and like we saw the same thing on social media and Instagram for, from Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt was looking so thin. Right. So much in shape. And then he gets knocked out in the first round of Car France. Davis and Figueroa, same story. He looks insane. He looks in the best shape in his life. But what does that do to his cardio? What does that do to his chin? What does that do to his power? Those are my concerns. Whereas Moreno, I don't have any of those concerns. He is the first Mexican-born champion after being cut in the UFC just in 2018 alone. He's a great story. And I do like Brandon Moreno. Defending his championship belt against Davison Figueredo in the trilogy fight this Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I like what you said. Uh Figgy does land big shots. He's got a heavy right and he's got a heavy left. He he definitely can throw, but Brandon Moreno, he's seen these shots. He's survived these shots. The uh just Davison Figueroa being in shape is gonna be is going to be the fight, really. Yeah. And I definitely see Brandon Moreno winning. And I, I wrote finding a way to win. I don't know if that is through decision, through submission, through knockout, technical knockout. I don't know, but I I say I'll stay with that like you said. I think he finds a way to win.
0: Yeah, and Moreno really dominated that second fight, took the back right when he saw it coming and got that submission win. I wouldn't be surprised if we get the same story here from Moreno at UFC 270. All right, we go to the main event's a heavyweight clash between champion and interim champion former sparring partners. We have the champ Francis Niganu versus the interim champ Cyril Gon. I'm so excited for this fight. And like you said with the Moreno figueredo trilogy fight, you didn't know who was gonna win. You waited until this morning to f- place your final pick. That's been me every single day. <laughs> I Gan is actually the betting favorite, believe it or not. But I've just been back and forth, back and forth. I'd like to see what you pick, and then I will reveal who I think is going to win this fight.
1: Okay. Well, I I also agree. It's been very hard to pick. I have had my pick locked in though. Uh, so let's talk about it. I I think Cyril Gauff is very intelligent. Uh, I think everybody does. You see, you can see his good head movement, his good defense. He just he's able to read a fight good. If you look at Cyril Gahn versus Derrick Lewis, um, which is somebody uh, who is compared to Francis Naganu.
0: Especially with the power, yeah.
1: Um, you know, he, he picked him apart. Uh, Derrick Lewis, he, he gave him his respect in the first round, uh, Cyril Ghosn did. But after that, I mean, it was kind of over. Once he figured out his pattern, figured out what he wanted, uh, Cyril Ghosn was able to figure that out. His cardio is good. His footwork's good. I love his defense. And I just think he has more ways to win. Uh, There's never been anybody in the heavyweight division like him, who's just a punch and go kind of guy. So technical with his kicks. I I I disagree with a lot of people saying you know one hard punch from Francis Nagano is going to put him away. I've seen you know I've seen Nagano go to past wars with guys and land big strikes and his opponents didn't drop. uh, Even like in the Stipe fight. Uh, Stipe was able to yeah. take some of those bigger hits.
0: That fight, oh man, but, that fight makes me so sad. <laughs> I'm wearing my Stipe shirt right now for today's episode, and I love Stipe, but Francis got the better of him, and I hope Stipe makes a rebound. But continue, sorry.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. But then looking at Francis Nagano, he's got eight first round finishes, and that yeah. right hand is a hammer. But the thing is, he's good with his left too. He's a lot faster than Der- Derek Lewis, and I don't really compare him to Derek Lewis as much. I do think that he is a uh, good technical fighter, maybe definitely not as good as Cyril Gan, but you know, you watch the Snipe fight, they were a lot of on the ground, he's very good at setting up his combos, he doesn't just throw his right, he likes to set it up, Absolutely. and you know, it, I wouldn't even say it's crazy to see. Uh, I wrote it in my notes, Francis, by uh, decision, if it happened, uh, because I, I think he can last all the way. I don't think he's just a heavy right going to go and try to get you the whole time. But my final thoughts, I see I Sirogan see poking the bear too many times, makes Francis mad. It only takes one strike. And nine times out of ten, I'm going to pick the power fighter, the guy that's going to get the job done, the guy that has eight first-round finishes. But I'm going to pick Cyril Gan. Uh, I love his defense, and I love his IQ so much that I think he's able to win this fight, read his game, uh, pick him apart, and win that fight by decision. Maybe a late-round knockout.
0: So... Your breakdown of the fight, I agree with mostly everything you said. I thought it was a great breakdown. I see this fight ending in one of three ways. And if it doesn't, oh well. But one of three ways, two for Cyril Gane, one for Francis Naganu. Two for Cyril Gane, either gone by decision because he's so... He has the athleticism, durability, endurance, and speed of a light heavyweight or even a middleweight, people are saying. He's so athletic and his speed is insane for the heavyweight heavyweight division. He's never been taken down. He can drag out the fight, wear down to Ganu, and land when he wants to, like you said, poke the bear. He can land when he wants to, not when he necessarily needs to. Right. And I think that's important for Ghan to do in this fight. So I can easily see Ghan winning by decision here, or I can see Ghan getting a late round, like a fourth or fifth round knockout, because he has that power, he has that, very educated striking approach. he's not too wild he'll pick his opponents apart like he did against Derek Lewis to claim the interim championship belt. So I can see him winning either fourth fifth round knockout against uh, Naganu or getting the decision win for Francis Naganu though, I think the only way he wins is using that power, probably the best power in the UFC for sure using that knockout power, that one shot be- all, in either rounds one or two, like he has in all of his previous fights. I mean, he's gotten so many first round knockouts. As you said, he knocked out Stipe in round two at UFC 260 to claim heavyweight gold. I just don't know which... I, these are the three results I've been bouncing my head between this whole week, but I'm going to go with Francis Naganu. I do think he gets the knockout in either rounds one or two. I picked the favorite in every single fight until the main event. So that's mainly why I went with Naganu because I didn't want to f- pick the favorite in every fight because that seldom happens on a UFC main event or main card. And Naganu, he just has that power. I do worry about his stamina. If it gets past round two, if we're 10 minutes into the fight, they're going onto to their stools. I think Gon has it in his belt. I don't care if Gon loses rounds one and two. Right. If this fight gets to a round three, I think Gon can easily win rounds three through five to get a decision win here. Naganu has really got to power it on in rounds one and two. I can see that happening. Like I said, I do worry about the endurance, and I do worry about Naganu's head going into this fight. Yeah. Like I said, they're former sparring partners. They have that uh, mindset going into it. Gan has somewhat felt the power of Naganu, which worries me a little bit, but also Naganu's contract is all up in the air. This might be his last fight in the UFC, whether he wins or loses, but probably if he loses... This might be his last fight in the UFC octagon. You might see him go to boxing. He has all of that in his head right now, too. Usually, I don't like when fighters have everything else going on in the outside world. Um, I usually don't pick fighters that do have a lot going on, but I can't question that undeniable power in the fists of Francis Naganu, the Predator. I think he's going to get it done against Cyril Gan in the main event.
1: There's yeah, something that's so special about... Uh Nagano is he he lands a knockdown on 4% of his significant strikes which is kind of incredible. I don't know if he lands those strikes though uh versus Ogon. I 100% agree with you. He's going to win that fight in the first second round if he can get one of those big power punches. But like you said, uh the drama with him in the UFC is very big for me right now yeah. I'm interested to see weigh-ins and I'm interested to see the press conferences uh, just to see how he acts because so far he does seem like he's not really in his head but you know with everything that's going on under the circumstance of his contract yep. him talking about boxing uh not getting paid enough I mean the public like say that in the UFC is like a sin uh and that that does worry me, uh, like it worries you. But I am gonna, I'm gonna stay with Cyrigan. Uh I do think that he drags his fight out. Uh, the sparring, you know, when it comes to sparring, you don't, you're not gonna see your full power. You're not yeah. looking to knock out your sparring partner necessarily. Right. Uh, so you can look at the sparring videos all you want, but you know, it doesn't really read the fight necessarily. Yeah, you're uh, absolutely right. I'm, I'm very excited. This is going to be one of the greatest. Heavyweight fights ever uh between arguably the hardest heavyweight hitter and arguably the most technical uh hitter in Sir gone, so I'm super excited,
0: yeah, Gan is super technically sound. he has all the skills that you didn't think a heavyweight could possess in that speed, in right. that athleticism, watching him fight, it's just incredible what he can do out there, but with Nagani, like we obviously know he has that physical toughness with everything going on outside, I'm betting on his mental toughness here too. I do think he has that mental toughness as well. He's been very calm in recent uh, press conferences and things like that. So I think he's just gonna push that to the side, worry about Cyril Gunn, the opponent in front of him, walk out to that fight Saturday night and get the job done in rounds one and two. And then who knows what is gonna go with go on with this heavyweight division. We have Naganu. If he wins, he's still champion. John Jones is still up in the air. Stepe Miocic is still up in the air. And if Gon wins, Naganu might be outside of the UFC and then who knows who's coming up for a championship belt next. I'll have you say this, like, so you're going you're picking Cyril Gan. Who do you think would be up next for the heavyweight belt? Do you think John Jones finally makes his heavyweight appearance or somebody else?
1: Yeah, I don't honestly, I don't think anybody in the UFC heavyweight division really deserves uh Any two of these guys, the winner or the loser, uh because i I do think they're that much ahead of this heavyweight division. I think they've proven it, but if I was going to pick anybody, I would pick John Jones. I'd love to see him fight uh either of these guys, whoever comes out, the winner. uh I'd love Francis Ngannou to stay in the uFC, but you know that'll be all up in the air right um, but yeah john jones i I do think he would be the heavyweight contender i uh, think if he if he comes back.
0: Right. I think if we get a John Jones versus Cyril Ghan fight, I know like everybody wants a Naganu Jones fight. I think that'd be really entertaining. But I think it'd be like the same like conversation we're having right now where it's all power with Naganu and then so technical with GaN. We know John Jones is such a great mixed martial artist. So is Cyril Ghan. I'd love to see that matchup, especially GaN v. Jones. I just think the they're both such great MMA fighters that that would be the heavyweight matchup I'd like to see. If it was Naganu versus John Jones, it'd be pretty much the same breakdown. Naganu yeah, with the power, sure. Jones with the technical ability. Like, even in this fight, I, I'm confident in saying Cyril Gan is the better mixed martial artist than Francis Naganu. But you have to put other things into perspective, like Naganu's power. If Naganu wins, I think they try and make that blockbuster fight with Jones. If Naganu even stays in the UFC, who knows? If Cyril Gane wins, I do think they make that John Jones fight. But what I really want to say, it's not just because I'm from Ohio. It's because I really do want to see the trilogy fight between Francis Naganu and Stipe Miocic. I know Stipe took some time off for his family. I just want to see him get back in there and at least finish his career with a win. Um... I know Derek Lewis was a potential uh, opponent for him, but now Derek Lewis is fighting Taito Avasa. I can't wait for that heavyweight clash. But I definitely think a Naganu Miocic trilogy fight would be of interest to many people. And just to give Stipe his his credit, best heavyweight of all time, Dana White said that. Francis Naganu has said that. How about Naganu tries to beat him twice and Stipe tries to get his belt back? You can easily promote that. And that's what I want next. But I think. If Gon wins, I think it goes John Jones, and I think Dana White tries to get John Jones in this title picture next, however it plays out.
1: For sure. Uh, yeah, the, the big-name guys are, are going to be the ones that you want to headline your pay-per-view. I'd even like to see a Stipe-Ciro Gon fight if uh, Stipe came back. Uh, yeah. I think that'd be very, very, very entertaining to watch. Uh, I'll leave this with my final thoughts. When I, when I came in, we were talking about UFC 269. Uh, and we were talking about Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira. How I had Dustin Poirier, uh, and he was the favorite in that fight. Yep. Um, but he was not the champion. Uh, right now, Francis Nagano, he's the champ. And it seems that the odds are in Cyril Gahn's favor right now.
0: He's an underdog, and he's even being more of an underdog by the day. Yeah. Gahn is becoming more of a favorite as we get closer to Saturday night.
1: And I, it's it is interesting to think. I wonder if history would repeat itself where you know a contender comes for the champion as the favorite and just gets showed up uh i'm I'm sticking with zero gone i'm excited for the heavyweight division this year so many cool things that could happen we're gonna have to see saturday night (laughs)
0: yeah first pay-per-view of 2022 it's very weird to say 2022 does certainly doesn't feel like it yeah i'll rattle off my picks and then i'll have you do the same. So in the first fight, like I said, I I'm taking Saeed Nurmagomedov against Cody Stammen. And then in fight number two, I like Michelle Pereira taking on the UFC debuting Andre Fijalio. And then the trilogy, I have Brandon Moreno beating Davison Figueredo. and then the heavyweight clash main events. I do like Francis Naganu um maintaining his belt and maintaining that legacy of being. One of the best heavyweights, at least power-wise, in UFC history. Um, let's go through your picks real quick, Alex, before we we send it off.
1: Yeah, Bantamweight, I'm going with uh, the underdog, Cody Stamen, the uh, the boxer, the wrestler. He's a tough guy. I, I think he proves a lot of people wrong. Um, then going into welterweight, uh, I got Piera. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be very close, but it could be. Uh, going into the trilogy, very, very, very hard fight to pick. I'm sticking with Brandon Moreno. Looking at the weigh-ins and everything, I might change my pick, and I do hate to change my pick, but I'm, I'm going with Brandon Moreno right now. I do think he has that. Then for the main event, I'm going Cyril we Will take it all the way. Win by decision.
0: All right. Well, that will do it for us from WZIP Sports. Joining me was Alex Henry. Thank you, guys. And my name is Jake Murren. Hopefully UFC 270 kicks off 2022 pay-per-views with a bang and we could have new challengers and champions arise on Saturday night. All right, we are out of here. Enjoy the fights, everyone.